To start off, I want to read a prayer from a dude from the 5th century. His name uh, is Saint Brendan. He's called uh, Saint Brendan the Navigator, or um, sometimes he's called the Voyager, because this guy was in Ireland, again, in like the, the mid to late 400s, <laughs> so uh, like 1,500 years ago or so, and he had this habit of listening to the Holy Spirit and going out on a boat to let the Holy Spirit direct him where to go, believing that the, that the Lord would lead him to a place where they were supposed to do some missionary work, um, help join in with what God was doing. There's actually a legend. I don't know if this is true, but it's a legend, right? So uh, that one time, on, I think it was on Easter Sunday, they stopped on a really small island and went onto the island to do, like, to celebrate Easter and to take communion. And afterwards, they were getting back in their boat, and they realized that that small island was actually a giant whale. And so that's kind of what, what the picture is. Uh, and so just generally a cool guy that you would probably want to know, right? Um, but I read this prayer uh, months ago, and it's just been stuck, uh, sticking with me. And so I want to read this uh, to you. And so um, we're going to start off with this. Help me to journey beyond the familiar and into the unknown. Give me f the faith to leave old ways and break fresh ground with you. Christ of the mysteries, I trust you. I trust you to be stronger than each storm within me. I will trust in the darkness and know that my times even now are in your hand. Tune my spirit to the music of heaven and somehow make my obedience count for you. So come Holy Spirit, would you just um, continue to pour out your presence on us this morning? Would you open our ears to hear what you want to say to us? Would you um, just give us an, an awareness of, of what you're doing in the room this morning? That's, that phrase, tune my spirit to the music of heaven, has been uh, sticking with me for a while now, and I really want to want to lean into that uh, for us today. You know, we kicked off the year last time we got together. It was our first worship gathering of the year, and I really kind of leaned into the vision that we feel like we have as a church here, Vineyard Covington. And our mission, um, as we've said a whole bunch, but if you're new, I want to say it again, uh, is to, we exist to welcome people home to a family being transformed by the life and love of Jesus. Yeah, some of you know it, and the, the youth house group are, you know, you're really uh, representing over there, uh, the youth house group leaders. I'm sorry, I wasn't looking at some of the other youth. You probably know it too. Um, but that's what we're here for, right? And so really this, the, the whole mission is welcoming people to this family as we are being transformed. And so transformation is really the goal of this mission. It's, it's for us to experience the love of Jesus so deeply that we are, uh, we are transformed to be like him. And we get to invite everyone around us to experience that as well. And the strategy that we feel like the Lord has given us for us, how we are doing this, 
is that we are developing and practicing a way of life that we can invite the city into. And so this is a shared way of life. It's made up of, of our, um, our values, our vision for, for how we want to live, our rhythms, both uh, collective, things like this, that when we come together, and practices that we do individually. And so uh, we want to invite everybody to walk this path. And so last time I kind of gave this image of, of a path around a little pond that we're all walking together. And we might be in different places at different times, different seasons of life, but we're all committed to going through this. And what I feel like God wants to do as we commit to walking this path together through the power of the Spirit is that he wants to tune our hearts Tune our lives, our minds, our eyes, uh, how we live. He wants to tune us to the music of heaven. And so just to give a, a little bit of clarity on what this way of life is, although it might not make it very clear for you, but I, I just want to always remind us that when we talk about the way of life, it always comes back to love. Uh, probably one of my favorite, I say that about them all, but this one really has been for like the last several years. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. The Apostle Paul is writing to a, a group of Christians who are learning how to live this new life together. And he says, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, follow God's example as dearly loved children. That is who we are and walk in the way of love. And so if I were to define it, if I were to try to, to kind of clarify what is the music of heaven, I would say love. Love is the music of heaven because that is who God is. That is what he's about in the world. His love is the transforming power that is making all things right and, and making all things new. Uh, I'm a guitar player. Uh, any other musicians, guitar players in the house? You, uh, yeah, we, got, we, got, we got, you know, a pretty good amount. Keys, that counts too. Uh, or you're a drummer, right? Is that what she said? Um, all of that counts. Um, but my son, Davey, he is three and a half years old, and I got him a guitar for Christmas because I really hope that he will develop a love for music. He's been a drummer so far. He just really likes to hit things. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know what? We're going to introduce the guitar. And so I found this really cool guitar that I was getting ads for out the wazoo called Lug, and it's a three-string guitar. It's tuned just like a regular guitar, um, but it only has three strings, and it's kind of a miniature size. It's like the size of a ukulele. And uh, we got it for Davey, and I'm like secretly praying that, man, he's going to pick this up and just be a prodigy. Like he's going to be playing Metallica on his first try uh, or something. It hasn't worked out uh, quite like that uh, so far. But he's young. Um, by the time he's four, I'm sure he'll have it. Um, but what's interesting with, with Davey is he loves to play it. He, you know, he, like, he goes and he gets it. I also forgot that he's left-handed, and I bought him a right-handed guitar. So that's kind of a dad fail. <laughs> um, but it'll stretch him, right? He'll, he'll grow. And, um, but what he, what he really likes to do is to play with the tuning pegs. 
he likes to play it and hit the strings and, you know, kind of like strum it and, and all the kids do. Um, but what, what Davey's favorite thing to do is just to mess with the little tuning knobs. And uh, do you know how a guitar is tuned? Jesse, would you mind coming up here? And I, I didn't ask you to do this at all, but would you just give a, an example of how you tune a guitar like in 10 seconds? Just, just, just detune and, and retune your low E string. So the strings are these coils of metal that are, um, you know, wrapped up along the uh, neck of the guitar that are attached to these little knobs and you tighten them or you loosen them. Yeah. Can, is that unmuted? Can you unmute that, Gavin, so they can hear it? So go do it again. So it, it's tightened. It's loosened. Do it out of tune. Do you know what an out of tune guitar sounds like? Yeah. Play that. Play it, play it worse. There you go. OK. So. You, somehow you played a cool chord with it, with a, you know, there's like a, a little bit of dirty resonance that's, that's rock and roll, but you know, not, not too much. Um, and so my son, Davey, he just loves to play with those things. And really what he likes to do is kind of put them all facing the same direction, which is not how you get a guitar in tune. And so here's the thing. I really want Davey to learn the guitar, but I'm trying not to be like, uh, pushy on him. I don't want him to, to grow up hating it and resenting me and all of that stuff. Um, I encourage it, but what Davey can't seem to do beyond just play the guitar is just to keep the guitar in tune. In fact, every day I come up and I put the guitar back in tune and I give it to him and I'm like, let's try again. Oh, see? See what this could sound like when, you're, when the guitar is in tune? You're like, you can play a chord, the other strings, like there's resonance, it's, it's pretty, there's harmony, there's stuff going on. And immediately David's just like... <laughs> it's a little bit like our lives, <laughs> like our world. You know, the, the metaphor that, that I was using last time was about God stitching us together, right? Our, our loving father that, that knit us together in our, our mother's wombs. He's at work stitching together all the places that are broken. And we just saw a, a really visceral example this week in our community of everything falling apart. Of our world, of our lives, of our neighborhoods, of our communities just being stretched, being tightened, being loosened, everything kind of coming out of tune. And so if we are the people of God, if we are accepting this invitation to follow Jesus, to experience his life, and the way that we're going to do this is together as a family, by committing to this shared way of life centered around Jesus, I believe that one of the main things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us is to start to, to tune our spirits, to tune our hearts back to the music of heaven, which is love. You see, the thing is, and I mentioned this last time as well, that, that none of us is starting with an in-tune guitar. Like all of the stuff that we've gone through in our lives, it just every day, it, it pulls, it stretches us. It, it, it makes things out of tune, and not only with ourselves, 
but with the people around us, with our own like friends and family. Have you felt any family tension this year yet? <laughs> it's coming. And so, so this idea of, of leaning in to a shared way of life together, it's really counter-formation. It's helping us to return back to how God created us to be. And we believe that the good news is that God is making all things right, but he doesn't just do it to us. He doesn't pick us up like a guitar and start turning all the knobs. He invites us into a process, into relationship, to actually receive his goodness, his grace, and to participate in the ongoing process of being tuned to the music of heaven. Does that make sense? It's kind of a, a long metaphor. But we are a family being transformed by the love of Jesus. And the thing is, every day I pick up my guitar, I have to retune it. It's just a part of life. It, it just slowly comes out. The, the humidity, the conditions of life, the, the things that we go through, the seasons, all of that affects how it sounds. And so if, if you want to tune a guitar, you have to learn the process of, of slowing down, of listening, of leaning in, and allowing ourselves to be set back into tune with God. So here's specifically what we feel like Jesus is inviting us into. As we talk about this shared way of life, there's kind of three goals around it. Uh, it's all centered around Jesus, and it's these three things. To be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. This is how we are trying to, to commit a shared way of life with one another Centering everything that we do around Jesus. So how are you actively engaging in this process right now? What's your plan for being with Jesus? And specifically when we talk about this, we have some more categories and things of, of how we are going to uh, ex help explain this and put some flesh and, and different practices that we're going we're gonna to go through all together uh, throughout the year. Um, we're going to be, be unveiling that. But specifically right now in this season together, the thing that I want us to lean into that we feel like Jesus is, is inviting us into as a family uh, is to abide. Abiding in the love of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said that he is the vine and we are the branches. In the same way that the Father had loved him, the Son, he has loved us and now remain. Stay in his love. Like, don't leave from that place. Like, Jesus is moving. He's going places and we get to go with him. But the invitation is to stay in his love. And, and to stay in tune. So if love is the music of heaven, we are all being tuned to, uh, we are all being tuned to God's love because God is love. I want to look at a passage from uh, 1 John chapter 4, if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, uh, or I'll put it up on the screen. This is one of those those big ones where there's a lot in there. So we're going to look at just some of the verses. Um, but John, who spent a lot of time with Jesus, uh, he says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. 
Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And in verse 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Did you notice any word that was repeated like 72 times? <laughs> yes, I see that hand. Love! It, like, <laughs> it almost starts to feel like a tongue twister because he's, he's saying it so much. But I think that there's something that John wants us to understand about God, and it's that God is love, right? And we are invited to live our lives in a place of connection, of living, of dwelling in that love. All who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So it's a really simple message today. It's very, very simple, but what I want to get to together is the practical aspects of how do we actually live this out? You know, there's a lot that we can look at in this, in this verse because he's talking a lot about our relationships to one another, right? Like, since God loved us, we should love one another. If we're living a life of love, then we are going to love the people around us. That's just how it works. But I think sometimes we focus, uh, we, we approach this backwards and we say, I'm going to love the other people or I should love other people because God loves me. And, and here's the thing that I want to say is sometimes we get it wrong because we're listening to the wrong voices. And so my main invitation for us today in this season as we walk this out together is what if we could learn and commit to listening to the voice of love and allowing his voice to be kind of that, that tuning fork, that, that perfect tone that we are aligning our lives. Because when our lives come into, uh, into, into tune with God, there's this beautiful uh, reverberation, right? Like, it's, it's beautiful music, uh, from the language of Paul that I mentioned last, last time, God is knitting us together into this beautiful tapestry of love. And every single one of us is connected. Every single one of us plays a part in this. Because how you are resonating with or without the love of God is bumping into all of the people around you. So here's what I want to do for just a few more minutes. And then we're actually going to spend some time... Uh, being still and listening and practicing this together to, to end off our time.
Um, any, any guitar players, one, one, one more thing, and then I'll stop talking about all the guitar stuff. But I don't get to talk about guitars a lot uh, up here. Have you ever tried to tune your guitar in a noisy room or maybe while the band was playing? Like there's this thing that happens a lot of times when you go to band practice or you show up and uh, everybody's kind of playing their own song, playing their own thing, and you're like, oh, my G-string is just wrecked. I gotta, I gotta fix that. And you can't hear. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Should have said my A-string, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't want to go very long with your G-string too tight, you know? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The only way, I mean, now we have a lot of, of digital tools, right, where you can just plug into a tuner and it, and it can hear and, you know, shine flashy lights to tell you how out of tune you are. But, but the typical way is just to get all of the other noises to stop, right? The only way to really get back into tune is to recenter ourselves, to hear the, 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 the note, the sound, the music that we are trying to come into sync with. And so what I'd like to do for just the next few minutes is to reframe some of the typical ways that we think about spiritual practices. Or maybe you've heard the term spiritual disciplines. Anybody familiar with that term? Who loves spiritual disciplines? Yes, that's very, very exciting. But sometimes it can start to feel like a lot of work. It can start to feel a little heavy. It can start to feel like we're striving really hard. And, and don't get me wrong, there is a place in our way of life. We have a whole category around learning. Like we love training and studying and all of this stuff. But when we talk about abiding, we are not talking about working or striving or earning or doing anything that's heavy-handed. We are talking about simply being with Jesus and receiving his love. This is the guy who said, come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest for your souls. Sometimes us Christians can turn that into come to Jesus and take on a bunch of heavy burdens and try really hard, and then you'll never have any rest until maybe we die. But what if this community... This group of people, what if we could commit to a way of life that took seriously and prioritized just being with Jesus, experiencing the power of his presence? So mostly what I want us to, to encourage us about this with today is, is this, like, relax. We can enjoy spiritual disciplines, and, and spiritual disciplines are things like Prayer, scripture, fasting, uh, any of those sort of typical things. There's a, a great quote from A.W. Tozer, the cherished pastor and author, in his book, The Pursuit of God, and he kind of describes it like this. God formed us for his pleasure, 
and so formed us that we as well as he can, in divine communion, enjoy the sweet and mysterious mingling of kindred personalities. He meant us to see him and live with him and draw our life from his smile. Have you ever experienced that? Like when you close your eyes and think about God, is he smiling at you? Maybe you're like me and you grew up with kind of a a legalist background and So you have this thing like God's probably a little angry. There's probably something that I haven't done. Well, I know he loves me, but he's just not real happy right now. (laughs) You see, this idea is so simple, and yet it goes down to the core of who we are. And and as a church over the coming months in this season together, we're going to explore what this means for our identity And for the the false identities that we live into and the other voices and the the way that the enemy works in our life to try to take that joy from us. But really, first, before we get into any of that, I just want to focus on learn to be still and enjoy God's presence. That simple feeling of enjoying somebody's company. How often do you pray out of joy? What about reading the Bible? How much of what you do typically, um, how much of what you typically do in regards to your faith comes from a place of, of some form of religious obligation, or like this is what I know I'm supposed to do, uh, versus a place of God is happy, He is inviting you in, He is smiling at you, He wants to laugh and enjoy your time together. Uh, Ruth Haley Barton. Um, is a a spiritual director and author. She's written a lot of great works, and she has a a really awesome book, if you're interested in exploring more of this, called Sacred Rhythms. And in it, she talks about these practices, and specifically, she's talking about the practices of solitude and silence. And she writes this, The longing for solitude is the longing for God. It is the longing to experience union with God unmediated by the ways we typically try to relate to God. By unmediated, I mean a direct experience of God with nothing in between. When you think about prayer, how often do we think about what we say to God? And that's a huge part of it, right? Like prayer is fundamentally communication. It's talking uh, to God. We go through really hard things sometimes, and we, we just we, we pray other people's prayers. We pray the Psalms. They give us strength in connecting into this rich tradition. Jesus taught us how to pray. He taught his disciples how to pray. He gave us uh, words to use and, and templates and all of these things. But what we're talking about in, in abiding in the love of God, especially in prayer, is experiencing God without all of our words getting in the way. Really, uh, really, Ruth Haley Barton goes on to say, we are not always very safe for ourselves because our internal experience involves continual critique and judgment and the tender soul doesn't want to risk it. Unfortunately, a lot of our religious activity is noisy as well. 
How long can I hold this pregnant pause? You see, there's a lot of beauty when we come together and we sing our songs. And you know what? We can get even louder. We can, we can clap. And we, can, <laughs> we are allowed to express ourselves in love. And, and so we love to do that. Um, but we're talking about is a different kind of rhythm. It's a rhythm where we are being still and knowing that he is God. This is what the, the writer writes in Psalm 46, to be still and know that he is God. And so what if you and I were able to experience the presence and the love of God without words getting in the way, without of all the noisy thoughts, with all of the distractions, without all of the technology and the messiness of life? And for some of us, that doesn't even seem possible right now. But when we talk about abiding, I, I think ultimately we're talking about prayer. And yes, I waited until Joe was out of the country to talk about prayer. If you don't know, Joe is the prayer guy. But I pray too. I love prayer, Joe. I pray all the time. <laughs> uh, but prayer is primarily relational. It's not always functional. Like there are a lot of great functions for prayer, but at its core, it is about love, connection, and intimacy. As Richard Foster writes, it's an enduring, continuing, growing love relationship with the great God of the universe. Now, to some of us, this sounds a little scary. This sounds kind of weird, like talking about prayer and, and uh, God in terms of love and intimacy and connection. And that means vulnerability to be completely known just as we are and loved, and to be able to know God as well. This is what we are invited, invited into. And yes, it is risky. There's a vulnerability that happens. There's a tension in this exposure. We have this longing to be known. We have this longing to experience God. And yet at the same time, so often we have this uh, tendency to run and hide. We want to grow and mature, and at the same time, we don't want to change or give up the way things are. But to pray is to change. One more quote, and then we're going to practice this. Uh, this is from Henry Nouwen, and he wrote about this tension of prayer. He said, we want to move closer to God the source and goal of our existence, but at the same time, we realize that the closer we come to God, the stronger uh, will be his demand to let go of the many safe structures we have built around ourselves. Prayer is such a radical act because it requires us to criticize our whole way of being in the world, to lay down our old selves and to accept our new self, which is Christ. Prayer, therefore, is the act of dying to all that we consider to be our own and of being born to a new existence, which is not of this world. Anybody want to experience that? Does that sound intriguing, exciting? You know, we talked a lot last week about the, really the vision uh, for this church. What we're here for is transformation. 
And that's what I think this is all getting at, is that if we want to experience everything that God has for us, we have to put ourselves out there to quiet down the other voices, the distractions, the things that are so often pulling us and, and um, knocking us out of tune with the love of God, and to allow the Spirit, His loving voice, to retune us. So we're going to practice this in a very specific way today. I want to give you a practical tool um, because there's, there's a ton of, of prayer practices that are built around this. It's typically called like contemplative prayer or maybe listening prayer. Again, this is a prayer that's not as much about talking as much as it is about listening. The number one thing that I feel in my own life, if I'm really honest, and for most of the people that I talk to, uh, that are actually going after God is the need to stop and to be still, to recenter ourselves in the love of God. Maybe we start this, our days out like this, and then by the end of the day, we're all thrown out of tune, just like Davy's little guitar. And so I want to teach you a prayer, a form of listening prayer that's um, called Palms Down, Palms Up. This is a way that we're going to embody our prayer a little bit together with some just very complicated hand motions like this. Palms down. Palms up. Great. You guys are really good at this. Scott, you can try. <laughs> uh, but, but here's the deal. We are, we are going to be still. We are going to let go of all of the junk that we are bringing into this moment. And you can do this anytime throughout your day. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be like a whole thing where you go away into like a, a prayer closet. Like this kind of centering prayer is meant to be done constantly all throughout our day to, to recenter us back to the love of God. Um, this is actually, I think this prayer has some, some roots in the Quaker tradition. And it's kind of this way of, of dialing down of being still, of, of releasing our emotions, our worries, uh, our anxiety, whatever it is that we're clinging to or that is clinging to us, and just releasing it to God so that then we can be open to receiving God's goodness and grace in return. In Psalm 52, David says to cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. So here's what we're going to do. Let's all just like sit up straight, get a good firm posture in your chair. You don't want to fall back out of your chair while we're doing this. And we're just going to take some deep breaths. <sighs> Let it all out. Breathe in deep. And as we do this, we're just going to become aware of the presence of God. Maybe that's for you closing your eyes. And as we do this, we're not, we're not going on a, a treasure hunt of crud in ourselves. We're not looking for bad stuff. We are here to connect and commune with the loving God who created us. But whenever we enter into silence, our minds have a way of bringing up all kinds of stuff, right? And so this is the process in which we learn to sift through the junk, to let go of the stuff that's not from God so that we can receive what he is really speaking. So as things come to your mind as thoughts, feelings, emotions, anger, 
fear, anxiety, worry, stress, regret, shame, doubt, unforgiveness. As those things come up, you're just going to put your hands down on your, on your lap. You can leave it right there. And it's just a way of saying, I release it. And as it comes up, you don't have to spend a bunch of time on it. You just release it to God. And as we do this, as we kind of feel like we're, we're creating space and we're letting go of the things, again, for, for some of us, when we, when we actually are still, our minds cannot stop. <laughs> but we can learn to sift through that and let it go, release it to God. And then whenever you're ready... We're just going to turn our hands up, and we're going to receive what God has for us. So I'm going to give us just a, a few minutes to do this together. So, so you can repeat this process over and over. Like, as things keep coming into your mind, you can just say, palms down, I release that. Give that back to Jesus. And then as you feel open... Maybe, maybe some good things will come up in, into your mind. Uh, love, grace. Uh, oftentimes in, in these moments, God will reveal the ways he's been active in our life. And the response is just gratitude. Like, just receive that. So we're going to be still for three minutes. And just do this process. Palms down, release it. Palms up receive it. 